Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to The Journey this week. My name's Jude Hennessy, and I absolutely love bringing the show to you each and every week, wherever you are listening in from, whether it be one of the many radio stations that we've got right around the country. You might listen in via a podcast platform. You might get it as an email each and every week where we send you some audio files, and we don't mind. We just love that uh, so many people access this show, and we, we trust and we hope and pray that it's, uh, it's benefiting lots and lots of people. Tens and tens of thousands of them by the sound of it, which is great. Got some awesome people on the show for you this week. Where we've got Pete Gilmore, Living the Gospel is his segment. He's, he's going to talk to us about uh, some of the followers of John the Baptist and uh, them asking Jesus up front, are you the Messiah? We've heard from Mr Mark Rowie a couple of times this year. He, he looks after the great work of Catholic Mission. We're going to hear a little bit of a, a faith testimony from him and some stuff that he's had to encounter and, and place his trust in, in God about over the last couple of years. Great to have Father Tony Percy on the show too. His segment, The Word, is proving really, really popular. Wisdom from the Abbey, Mother Hilda Scott. She's going to talk to us about the new dad. But to kick us off, we've got Father Mike Delaney again this week. He's going to talk to us about boundless mercy, which is breaking open the Gospel of Matthew 18, 21 to 35 where we hear point blank that if you're going to be forgiven, you must forgive. As we're about to hear in his explanation, there's some, uh, there's some big sums of money involved in the parable that we hear from Jesus today in this Gospel of Matthew. Lots of great music in the show too, lots and lots to get through. We better make a start, kicking off with Max Norton reading the Gospel, Matthew 18, 21 to 35, and then we'll hear from Father Mike Delaney. A bit after that, we'll hear from Cain and any more. After the break... It'll be Mother Hilda Scott. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've joined us on the journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter went up to Jesus and said, Lord, how often must I forgive my brother if he wrongs me? As often as seven times? Jesus answered, Not seven, I tell you, but seventy-seven times. And so the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who decided to settle his accounts with his servants. When the reckoning began, they bought him a man who owed 10,000 talents, but he had no means of paying. So his master gave orders that he should be sold, together with his wife and children and all their possessions, to meet the debt. At this, the servant threw himself down at his master's feet. "'Give me time,' he said." and I'll pay you the whole sum. And the servant's master felt so sorry for him that he let him go and cancelled the debt. Now, as this servant went out, he happened to meet a fellow servant who owed him 100 denarii, and he seized him by the throat and began to throttle him. Pay me what you owe, he said. His fellow servant fell at his feet and implored him, saying, Give me time, and I'll pay you. But the other would not agree. On the contrary, he had him thrown into prison till he should pay the debt. His fellow servants were deeply distressed when they saw what had happened, and they went to their master and reported the whole affair to him. Then the master sent for him. You wicked servant, he said, I cancelled that debt of yours when you appealed to me. Were you not bound then to have pity on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And in his anger, the master handed him over to the torturers till he should pay all his debt. 
And that is how my heavenly Father will deal with you unless you each forgive your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. The Gospel Reflection with Father Mike Delaney. Welcome to week two of this reflection series that I've called At What Cost? It started because two weeks ago we heard Jesus tell his disciples he was going up to Jerusalem and there he would suffer and die and rise again on the third day. He told his disciples then that if they wanted to follow him, they must take up their cross daily, because to be a Christ follower will come at a great cost. Last weekend we heard Jesus say that there were ways to offer correction to members of the community that allow a person to be reconciled and welcomed back. Part of my reflection then asked whether we had taken the matter to God in prayer or whether we'd acted from our own position before we made that decision to correct somebody. Today's gospel then takes us beyond what the limits of our human experience are because here we hear Peter ask Jesus, Lord, how often must I forgive my brother if he wrongs me? As often as seven times? Jesus' response tells him and is further developed in the parable that the mercy and love of God is not limited by our human imagining but is boundless because Jesus says not seven times but seventy-seven times. Just briefly, let's quickly look at what this boundless mercy means to the first figure in the parable. A talent was a weight between 20 to 40 kilograms, generally accepted to be about 33 kilograms. Now, I chose the price of silver because gold was much more expensive, but silver is $901 per kilogram, which means 10,000 talents would be almost $300 million. For the king to forgive that kind of level of debt, he is very very generous. And the story continues with the second man owing this first servant 100 denarii. Now that's the equivalent of 100 days wages, which according to the August uh, ABS figures would amount to around $34,278, give or take a cent. In many ways, this is already also an incredible debt, and it would take some time for a person to be able to repay the amount So, in a sense, the first servant's initial response of being upset that he can't be repaid immediately is, in some ways, understandable. But what does the story mean for us in the light of God's generosity? As I listen and reflect on what happens, do I recognize that the first servant is a Jesus image, someone who gave everything for me, and that I frequently, I'm the second servant who really struggles to forgive my sister and my brother? Way back in the 5th century, St. Augustine understood the difficulty and he suggested that forgiveness was like a mother who had two wonderful daughters named Justice and Compassion. For me, the challenge is that when I feel I've been offended or when someone owes me something, I'm more interested in justice rather than compassion and so I can lose sight of forgiveness altogether. So perhaps a question for today is, what will it cost me to look at forgiveness differently? so that I can actually see God's mercy being poured out both as justice and compassion in every moment of my day. If I can change, then perhaps I can learn to live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards me. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. I was talking to a young man just yesterday. He and his young wife are expecting their first child. It's very early days and the wife is justifiably cautious. She isn't allowing herself to get too excited just in case something happens. She's given herself a benchmark. If all is still well at 12 weeks, then she'll allow herself to get excited. You know, as it happened, she went out of the room to attend to something, which left the two of us for a while. And Neil, the husband, said, I'm not waiting for 12 weeks. I'm excited now. I have to say, his excitement was palpable and catching. What's the part you're most looking forward to, Neil? I asked. All of it, he said. There's going to be lots of cuddles and fun. If it's a boy, we're going to toss the books in the corner and play tents in the lounge room. And we boys are going to gang up on mum. And if it's a girl, she's going to be daddy's girl and I'm going to take her everywhere. My eyes filled up as I listened to him. Maybe I'm getting old. But the love already present for the little one was just overwhelming. This father was totally focused on loving his child. As we talked about future practical concerns like a possible house move and job and the other issues presently confronting them, among them the terminal illness of his wife's mother, I heard Neil say, We'll deal with it. My first concern is the welfare of this little one. I was listening to love from every angle and the sacrifice that's inevitably contained in their lives ahead was of no concern to the young father at all. The meeting stayed with me and I thought, God's like that. He only knows excitement about being our father. 
He only thinks of ways he can love us. His concern is only what happens to and for us, and the pain we cause him, the anguish involved in loving us, is of no concern to him whatever. It only matters to God that he can love us. I wish I could hear from you who are listening to me, so I could hear again the myriads of ways God has got across to you, the ways in which he's loving you, his tremendous excitement in loving you, and in being your father. Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there. Some reflection of hers after talking to a new dad and draws some really wonderful parallels to our Heavenly Father. Now, coming up after the break, you're going to be hearing from Father Tony Percy. He's from the Archdiocese of Canberra, Goulburn. He's got a segment called The Word. It's always riveting, fascinating stuff. He's, uh, he's a clever man, a bit of a wordsmith, and you'll love what he's got to say after the break. First up, though, here's the news, boys. The song, You Are My King. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you've joined us on the journey. forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned and I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again I'm forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted You were condemned I'm alive and well Your spirit is within me Because you died and rose again Amazing You are my king 
on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness
And now, The Word with Father Tony Percy. Today, it's Forgiveness Unlimited. So we're stuck in chapter 18 of Matthew's Gospel. We were there last week and we're there this week. It's chapter 18. It forms part of the great discourse of Matthew, the community discourse, of which there are five in the Gospel of Matthew. The first is the Sermon on the Mount. The last one is on the end times, what they call eschatology. It's a Greek word meaning end. So today and then last week, we're on chapter 18, the community discourse. So we believe in Christ. How do we live together in Christ? And I said to you last week, what Matthew does is he sets up a symmetrical uh, writing pattern. He forms an arc. At the top of the arc is the keystone, which is Christ the shepherd. We all share in Christ shepherding through a uh, baptism and then also through ordination. All of us are called to go out and try and help people that have left the community for one reason or another. And then you move down to the foundation stones, which is conversion unlimited and then forgiveness unlimited. And forgiveness unlimited is what we look at uh, in today's text, this week's text of the scriptures. Underneath the keystone is care for the little ones, again, on both sides. Then you have purification of the community. We need to have repentance and and uh, conversion or ongoing. And then we have prayer and concern for each other. And then we hit the foundation stone. So as you can see, the symmetrical arc is very, very helpful. It, it sort of helps embed itself in our psyche, our memory. Let's go to the forgiveness, forgiveness unlimited. St. Peter thinking he's doing a good job of this, and no doubt he, he was and is, says, well, how often should I forgive? Seven times, which is the perfect biblical figure. And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven, or perhaps uh, 77. It depends on the way you interpret the way Jesus uh, said it, or the way it's written down in the, the original Greek language. Anyway, he goes way beyond seven. We've got to forgive always and everywhere. Not so easy, of course, when we're brothers and sisters, not so easy in our families because when we're close to people, we can hurt people more and they can hurt us more. But so we, we need to have in our heart a very depth, uh, a great depth that enables us to, to forgive the way Christ forgives, as Christ forgives on the cross. Jesus goes on to tell this incredible parable. It's a hyperbola, of course. He says, this fellow owed 10,000 talents and he was forgiven the 10,000 talents. So what's what does this mean? How can we translate it into modern uh, parlance? Okay, so a denarius was a working day's wage. So translated in Australia today, it's the average wage is about 90,000. That means about $350 a day. A talent was 6,000 denarius. That brings you to about 2.1 million. Times it by the 10,000 talents you get to $21 billion. It's an enormous amount of money. So the mathematics is sort of fun. But just shows us that Jesus is saying, look, you've got to understand that God has forgiven you an enormous amount. And when you have that experience, then that experience will lead you to go out and to forgive others. So out he went, this this fellow who was given 10,000 talents, and he failed to forgive the fellow who was 100 denarii in debt to him. So Jesus is telling the parable, look, anchor yourself in the forgiveness and mercy of God, then you'll find it easy to forgive others. Just to finish, one way I think of really reflecting about how can we experience the forgiveness of God, 
Why don't we focus on those words of consecration where it says that his blood has been poured out for us? His blood has been poured out. And sometimes in Christian art, you see this depicted most beautifully with this, this sort of Christ wounded side, the soldier piercing his side. Now it flows the blood like a river. And we are just there and it sort of flows over us and, and in us as we receive the precious blood. That will help us, I think, to be able to forgive each other in our community life. Thanks so much to Father Tony Percy there. His segment is The Word. It's proving very, very popular. He comes from us. He comes to us from Canberra Goldwyn Archdiocese and we're, we're really lucky to have him as we are all of our presenters who we, uh, we're really grateful to and, uh, and just love the great content that they add to our show each and every week. Some of them have been doing them for many, many years and others are relatively new like Father Tony Percy, but it's great to have him on board. After the break, we've got a bit of a conversation, a bit of a, a story of faith with Mark Rowie. He's the director of Catholic Mission. In our little part of the world, they do great work in Australia and right around the world as a charitable organisation. We're going to hear a little bit about the road he's travelled in more recent years and how God showed up for him in the midst of a fair bit of uncertainty and some difficulties. That's after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you're on the journey.
hope, love and life. This is The Journey. It's time again on The Journey for another faith testimony. Someone who has an interesting story to tell. I'm Mark Rowie and I come from the beautiful uh, seaside town of Kiama, about uh, 45 minutes south of Wollongong. I have a uh, faith story I'd love to share with you of uh, going through spiritual discernment about where I was going to work. About three years ago, I uh, was appointed as the CEO and principal of a place called Mata Day in Camden, southwest of Sydney. And that uh, is a school for children and young people with intellectual disability. But it's also uh, has an early childhood centre, a whole assessment and therapy team, and a post-school program for young adults with disability run under the NDIS. So it's quite a complex organisation run by the Sisters of the Good Samaritan. I really loved working there. It was incredibly worthwhile and rewarding work. And there was a tremendous sense of meaning and purpose. It uh, really ticked a lot of boxes for me in terms of having a sense of mission about my own life and how to live my faith out in such a wonderful atmosphere. The spirituality of the place was based in Benedictine spirituality. The Sisters of the Good Samaritan have that as their tradition. And uh, it was a, a wonderful tradition to, uh, to try to bring to life in such a great organisation. We'd built a life up there. Uh, we had moved up from Kiama. My wife was a, a school counsellor in an Anglican college up there in that part of Sydney. Two and a half, nearly three years of uh, really incredible, worthwhile work. But a whole range of circumstances in my life with my adult children and my grandchildren, my own health and a whole other range of personal circumstances meant that uh, I thought I might need to go back to live in Kiama and change my um, working arrangements. It was really complicated for me. I spent a great deal of time in prayer and discernment, trying to work out what the appropriate choices would be, because I felt very, very committed to this place that I'd always wanted to work at. And uh, after three years of such difficult circumstances, it was just getting the place into a place where I thought we could really just grow and develop in wonderful ways. But I felt this great calling to be involved in other kind of work and to actually relocate back to where I had come from, which was in Kiama. My wife and I had really had a great deal to do with the South Coast. I had worked in the Catholic education system in Wollongong for over 20 years prior to going to Mata Day. And my wife uh, was a counsellor with Anglicare, working with Aboriginal communities in the Shoalhaven. So we had a great deal of um, affection and connection to this part of the world. But at the same time, I felt really committed in working with the families and the staff, the children, the community who uh, did so much for children and young people with intellectual disability. It was quite, quite a, um, I was very, very torn. So through all of that process, I did feel this drawing to something different. And so I did share with those that I uh, trusted, which is how I work things through. I spent a great deal of time in prayer and um, conversation with people I trusted and thought it through. In the end, done what I always have done, which is to trust the Spirit. My previous uh, boss was the Director of Schools in Wollongong Catholic Education Office, and he had a plaque above his office which said, The will of God will not take us where the grace of God cannot sustain us. And it never really meant anything in particular to me until I went through this process. And I heard him quote this to people who were going through challenging situations, trying to encourage them that you're never going to be in a circumstance that you cannot deal with, that God is not going to take you to a place where you will not receive God's support. 
it really meant a great deal to me as I worked through that towards the end of last year. So I went through a process of prayer and discernment and decided the time was to move on to something different and to let go of the wonderful place of Mother Day. And then, trusting the Spirit, I just gently reached out to some colleagues that I knew who worked for an organisation called Catholic Mission, who I have been supporting and been connected to for 20 or 30 years. And before you know it, I've ended up being the Director of Catholic Mission for the Diocese of Wollongong. Not something I had planned or intended to have happen, but I see that as the work of the Spirit, calling me to a different role, not a CEO of a a really respected organisation up in the MacArthur region, a different role, working on the ground, supporting uh, our great people in mission work in Australia and across the world. I have a firm belief that we're called to mission no matter where we are. As a young person, I had dreamt of being a missionary meaning overseas, working in Africa or in South America, working with communities there. But as my life became entrenched in Australia, in the everyday life of Sydney and then down on the south coast here in in Kiama, I have worked out that we're called to be missionaries in the here and now, wherever we are. So the work at Marta Day with people with intellectual disability was certainly mission work of a particular kind, but so is it here, being with my family and my grandchildren, and my adult children, and the community of the Catholic Church in the Diocese of Wollongong. So that whole process has, I think, felt agonising at times, and felt drawn out, and I tend to discern. Some people have described me as having discernment disease, thinking too much, maybe pondering and wondering too much. But in the end, I trusted the Holy Spirit, and I'm here as the Director of Catholic Mission. Thanks so much to... uh Mr. Mark Rowie there, what a great fella, giving us some insights into some of the things he's encountered in the course of the last few years, in particular that journey that he's taken in moving from principal of that wonderful school, it's out near Camden called Marta Day, wonderful school for kids, young people with a mild to moderate disability, and Mark's trust in God over the last period of time where there was great uncertainty, and thank you to Mark for sharing that story. Coming up after the break, we're going to hear from Mr. Peter Gilmore. Pete's been giving a bit of thought to uh, John the Baptist's disciples when they, they started to follow Jesus, and in particular how Jesus responded to their pretty bold and direct question of, are you the Messiah? Pete's got some great insights for us into that whole encounter. That's all after the break. First up, though, a bit more music is Mac Powell and Joy of the Lord. We'll be hearing from Casting Crowns before the show finishes up too. And Pete Gilmore coming up after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you're on the journey. All around us there are troubles and there are trials round every turn. And though that cold wind won't stop blowing, there's a fire in my bones. And it keeps me going, keeps me going, keeps me going on. The joy of the Lord is my strength and my song. That sweet melody in my soul all day long. No matter what comes, I just keep going on. Cause the joy of the Lord is my strength and my song. Till the trumpet sounds and the bells are ringing. Till he calls me home, no, I won't stop singing. 
question, there's an answer for every problem. There's a prayer, but greater is He that lives within me than all the trouble here in this world. The joy of the Lord is my strength and my song. That sweet melody in my soul all day. I've got that joy down in my soul. I've got that joy, joy of the Lord. I've got that joy down in my soul. I've got that joy, joy of the Lord. The joy of the Stop singing. Hey, I'm Gemma from Canoundra in New South Wales, and you're on the journey.
is done. Come and see who I've become. Ever since I met Amazing Grace, everything has changed. Come and see the joy I found. All the hope that fills me now. If you need proof that God can do Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore. In the 11th chapter of Matthew, messengers sent by John the Baptist, who's being held in prison, ask Jesus a question. Are you the one to come or are we to wait for another? An excellent question. Jesus, are you really the Messiah? Are you the one that was promised who will turn it all around? Jesus, in response to the question, points them to everything that's been happening. Miracles, healings, tremendous signs and wonders. That's your answer. The one whom John baptized in the River Jordan and whom God declared to be his son is the one you've been waiting for. But the chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, they didn't accept Jesus, just as they didn't accept John. Jesus tells the crowd, John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. See, they found fault in both John the Baptist and Jesus. If neither measured up, we could be forgiven for asking, Who would they have accepted? Perhaps a Pharisee, a priest, or a scribe. Someone just like them. Maybe someone just like me. I don't know about you, but often I say I'm looking for a saviour, but... A lot of the time, I'm only looking for a mirror, a reflection of myself, no more, no less, already perfection. That's a saviour who won't challenge me. There is a real risk we can fall into following a Jesus who remarkably looks a lot like us. But the truth is, the real Jesus is always more confronting, more loving, more merciful, and more good than we are even on our best day. So what then? Should we fall into despair, constantly worrying that we don't measure up? No. After all, in Jesus, we are saved, we are being saved, and we hope to be saved. That is the gospel. You are loved, as they say, warts and all. So then, in that freedom, how will you live? A life of bland self-acceptance? Or the pursuit of life and life to the full? What would happen if we accepted the daily challenge to be disciples of Jesus. With St. Francis de Sales, we could pray, Lord, I am yours, and I must belong to no one but you. My soul is yours, and must live only by you. My will is yours, and must love only for you. I must love you as my first cause, since I am from you. I must love you as my end and rest, since I am for you. Amen. God bless. I've been keeping Jesus at a distance So afraid to let him get too close To the two lives I've been living As if he couldn't see them both Close enough to feel the warmth of the 
the fire Far enough away for me to hide But I'm tired of walking the wire Between the darkness and the light No more Jesus at a distance No more pushing you away I don't want to settle for the back row Of some Sunday morning faith So I'm holding nothing back now Cause there's nothing you don't see No more Jesus at a distance Can change every part of me Every part of me I was offered resurrection But I settled for the grave I had the chance to walk on water But I chose to play it safe I've been hiding from a healer I thought my wounds were out of reach But at the end of all my running You're still running after me So no more Jesus at a distance No more pushing you away I don't want to settle for the back row Of some Sunday morning faith So I'm holding nothing back now Cause there's nothing you don't see No more Jesus at a distance Come change every part of me Every part of me All my dreams and all my treasures Every part of me Every part of me When I can barely hold it together Every part of me When I can't control where tomorrow's going When the ghost of my yesterdays come calling Who I am when there's no one else around When the sun comes up till the sun goes down So no more Jesus at a distance No more pushing you away I don't want to settle for the back row Some Sunday morning faith So I'm holding nothing back now Cause there's nothing you don't see No more Jesus at a distance Can change every part of me Every part of me Every part of me So I'm holding nothing back now Cause there's nothing you don't see No more Jesus at a distance Come change every part of me No more Jesus at a distance Come change every part of me well, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. That was a, a good way to finish with a bit of Pete Gilmore living the gospel, his his segment. Casting crowns there to uh, to round out the show. Great song. Thanks to Max Norton, who's put it all together. He does a great job doing that each and every week. Got Mark Rowie, who's contributed to the show. Thanks to Father Tony Percy, Mother Hilda Scott, and Father Mike Delaney, right back at the top of the show too. Great to, to have every single one of them contributing to this week's show. And a big cheerio and thank you to the many, many blokes that are uh, 
in various locations involved in Men Alive initiatives. We had a, a great weekend in our part of the world in Campbelltown, southwest of Sydney, last week. I know there are many going on all around the country. There are Growing Good Men weekends. There are Raising Fathers Nights. So important that uh, that focus enlivens the faith life of men, draws them into fullness of life. And a big thank you to Rob Falzon and the team. We'll be hearing from Rob again in the next few weeks for all that they do for enlivening ministry in the church because of the way they reach out to men like that. As I said, we'll be hearing from, from Robert in coming weeks. But as for now, we're done. Thanks so much for, uh, for being part of today's show. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norden on Dharawal Country in the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.